Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast is brought to you by three basketball-loving humans who express their lack of athletic ability through Extreme Summit League fandom. This podcast is hosted by Jordan Decker, Scott Holland, and Madison Van Wallen. Summit League women's basketball fans, welcome back to episode five of our Reaching the Summit women's basketball podcast. We are over halfway through the season, inching closer to tournament time, getting excited, maybe getting a little bit nervous, but we're happy to be here. We have a big episode for you. Um, So first, we are actually going to start with our power rankings, and Jordan is going to deliver those to you. Keep in mind, these are the reaching the summit podcast groups voters power ranking so these are not in correlation with the official summit league standings this is where our voters would rank the teams at this point in the season so jordan fire away all right as voted on by our reaching the summit women's basketball podcast voters here are the february week of february 7th power rankings we have a tie for first Uh, For the first time this season, with USD and SDSU receiving 95 votes apiece. Tied for third uh, is UND and Kansas City. Kansas City is currently riding the league's second longest winning streak right now with five in a row. Uh, UND and KC both earning 74 points. In fifth, Oral Roberts with 62 points. NDSU with 47 Western Illinois with 42. Denver is eighth with 30 points. St. Thomas ninth with 19. And Omaha in 10th place with 12 points. While you're at it, why don't you go ahead and slide in those players of the week, also as voted on by the Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast voting group? Yeah, for the players of the week, the voters um, were pretty unanimous on each grade level so we'll start with senior is uh, Naomi Alnadas of Kansas City junior uh, we had a couple of UND nominees this week but it is Olivia Lane of North Dakota the sophomore once again is Katie Scott of Oral Roberts and a familiar face for freshman of the week St. Thomas's Jade Hill I just want to throw in for some of you who may be wondering what about the Hannah Shervins or the Paige Myers or whoever else um, and, and any other program. When we select these, if there's more than a few to choose from, sometimes we will not put players who only played one game that week on the slate because we're really looking for averages across the week. Um, so Naomi Alnadis at senior, I, what did we say? She averaged like 27 points per game. That was over three games this week, 27 points per game over three games. That's insane and stellar. So just keep in mind that we're not, you know, leaving people out or, you know, picking certain people over others. It's just, we're really trying to look at those averages. So people that played more than one game um, are definitely going to be a little bit higher up on our list than others. Yeah. We had six seniors nominated, uh, six juniors, three sophomores and two freshmen. And, and like Madison said, obviously the uh, state U game uh, STSU had, a couple of really nice, consistent plays from their freshmen, but um, there was just a couple other nominees that played two games um, that 
had better stats. So it doesn't go unnoticed, but I guess you could say it's a little weighted for those that played two or three games during the week. Absolutely. So let's move in to a breakdown and recap of last week. I will run you through all the games here and then we'll send it over to Scott to get his his thoughts first on the kind of crazy week we had. Um, so like we had mentioned, I think on the podcast last week, and like I just said, how Kansas City played three games, um, they had they had a three-game week. So the first game of the week uh, was a makeup game on the 31st. That was the last Monday. Kansas City beat Western 74-66 in Kansas City. On Thursday, Oral Roberts got Western 71-55. Uh, North Dakota State got Omaha 69-53. Kansas City beat St. Thomas 62-57. And then North Dakota came out on top of Denver, uh, 73 to 64. And then on Saturday, North Dakota put up another uh, score in the 70s, 74, on top of Omaha, 61. Oral Roberts over St. Thomas, 7367. USD losing to SDSU, uh, 65 to 75. I don't know why I said that one backwards. I was just reading the like side of the column they were on. Um, Kansas City, 87. Western, 85 and Denver 62, MDSU 48. So that's where it's at. That's how it played out last week. Let's uh, dive into that a little bit. I think my big takeaway from last week is the solidification, the solid, whatever, the solidification of the three through five spot, I think with Kansas City, North Dakota, and Oral Roberts all having very big weeks. Kansas City going three and oh, UND having a really nice bounce back weekend going 2-0, ORU going 2-0. Those teams really did a good job in, in keeping pace, getting in that three through five spot, had very good weeks. And obviously SDSU, they won the headline game of the week against US, USD. Huge win for the Jacks, a lot of confidence from them. They looked great. They played phenomenal. They, some of their best players didn't have great nights, but the team around them did the job. So came away really impressed with the Jacks last week as well. Yeah, I think for me um, is the biggest surprise is North Dakota State. I don't know what to, to make of them right now. They, they beat Omaha by 16, and then they, they lose to Denver uh, by 14. And I know we keep the voters keep putting them in that four spot, and I think some of the voters actually get – they don't know what to think of them either. Going off of that, I, I kind of agree. There's times where I'm like, I'm not really sure, like kind of what's going on there. And you talk about consistency, but I think particularly in the loss to Denver, Denver has found their juice a little bit, literally and metaphorically, they, they have juice on the team. <laughs> um, but I think they've kind of found that in how much of that game was Denver finding a lot more consistency than they'd had before. And NDSU maybe not really being ready for it or just having an off night, being off their game or whatever. So I think they're, I think people, voters, I guess, know that they're worthy of being up there in the rankings, but we maybe haven't been shown it as much. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll kind of see what happens. What do you think about that, about that, Scott? I, I think it, yeah, I mean, you referred to the group lovingly as the pile a week ago. and The pile, the dog pile. Of, it's kind of coach speak, but we heard at the beginning where all the coaches said, they thought three through 10 was a lot closer than it has been in the past. I know the league's preseason poll, I think the four through seven spot, I think we're separated by about seven votes. So maybe that's just a case of it really is that close where 
a few bounces here or there can really kind of determine where you finish in the league on any given night, because let's face it, there's a lot of talent at NDSU. They've got size, they've got shooters. They've got a really good team. They're not a diff- much different team than they were a year ago, personnel wise, just the wins haven't been there. And I think it's just the fact that Kansas city's better than they were a year ago. UND is clearly way better than they were a year ago. And I think they're just so much evenness right now in that three through 10 spot in the league where you could see anything on any given night in that spot, which once again, makes it so important as people are probably sick of hearing us saying, but why it's so important to be seated three through six when we get to Sioux Falls here in a month. Isn't it exciting? I and like you said, I know people are sick of it, but I love turning on a game and being like, whoa, 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 this is not what we expected to happen. And just like sitting down and like on a noon on a Monday at noon, watching a basketball game, mm-hmm. a yeah. exciting college basketball game. And that's what we're going to have here in yeah a, a few weeks. It's, it's, it feels like it's flown and it, it really has for me at least. One month from today, we'll know the women's champ at this time. That's crazy. One dancing. I'm going to have to tell my students that my office hours on that Monday and Tuesday are emergencies only. <laughs> Just kidding. I won't do that. Won't. All right. All jokes aside, we are about to sit down with some people who are ready to do some serious business in the second half of the Summit League season. Please welcome North Dakota State University head women's basketball coach Jory Collins and junior student athlete Ryan Cobbins. We are now joined by North Dakota State University head coach Jory Collins and junior Ryan Cobbins, they join us live via Zoom. And Scott, once again, this segment is brought to you by no one. Guys, thanks for jumping on this morning. No problem. Glad to be here. No problem. I'd like to start with you, if I can. I just want you to kind of walk our listeners through what you saw this past weekend um, in your two games and what you hope what you hope to learn from that going forward as we close out the regular season. Yeah, well, you know, going on the road to, to UNO to start, um, when we played them at home a few weeks earlier, uh, that was probably one of our worst performances of the year. And I think our team was pretty excited to have a chance at redemption and just go play a much better basketball game against a team that we didn't do that, you know, the first time we played and um, got off to a great start. Uh, I think we were up and out of the gate at 15 to two and just really, uh, we're firing for for maybe one of the first times this year or, or the first time in quite a while on both ends of the floor. I thought we executed offensively, got shots we wanted and made them, uh, and then defensively stuck with the game plan, and, and we're pretty tight on that end. That's been an end of the floor that's been, uh, you know, really up and down for us and a struggle for us, um, and I thought we guarded them, you know, really well. I think you know, for us to get a, a lead of 27 on the road against a UNO team that plays everybody really, really tough uh, was a great sign. Uh, we kind of let off the gas at the fourth quarter, but overall, that was a really good performance for our team. Um, and then I would tell you, as excited as I was about how we played on Thursday, uh, was really hoping to take that momentum into the game against Denver on Saturday. Um, and you know, for whatever reason, we didn't have a lot of legs on Saturday. We had a ton of great looks and, and some really open shots that we didn't finish. Um, and it was just really difficult for us offensively. I think in the first quarter, we were maybe three of 17 from the field. Uh, a lot of plays at the basket, a lot of, you know, shots we thought we could get. 
and that's those are tough days when the ball's not going in. I still think we guarded really well. If you would have told me we were going to hold, you know, Uju to whatever she had, 13 points um, or whatever it was in that game, uh, and then not let, you know, Boyd make uh, any threes after the first quarter, I would have told you we would have won that game going away. Um, but they played really good. They made plays when it mattered. Uh, we just couldn't buy enough baskets. And so, Coach, you got a couple of uh, big games this weekend, and obviously to get back um, after the loss of, with Denver. Uh, but talk about what you're seeing with Western Illinois. That's going to be, you know, from a fan perspective, that's a big game for standing purposes as we move forward. But, you know, what do you see in Western and, and, and St. Thomas playing them uh, both at home? Uh, get, hopefully get the folks up in Fargo out to support you guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Western's one of those – really kind of tough, tough teams to play. They do play a unique style, um, especially offensively. They play really fast. They're terrific at getting to the free throw line. You know, Danny Nichols is uh, one of the best players in the league and can score it, but also is just so good at getting fouled um, and getting her team in the bonus and getting to the free throw line and scoring points that way. Um, you know, we played them really well uh, at their place um, on the road uh, a few weeks ago. Um, they didn't make a ton of shots in that game. And then you watch them lately. They made, I don't know how many threes they made the other day, maybe against UMKC, but maybe 16 threes in the game, um, just a ton. Uh, and if they're making those shots, they become a very, very dangerous, uh, team. And so the first, we talk about playing those guys, you know, the first six or seven seconds in transition, um, and, and not giving some of those easy throw ahead threes and, and making them have to move it on offense is, is usually the goal. But if they're making shots, they become a really difficult team. Uh, St. Thomas, on the other hand, um, that was maybe besides UNO at home and at St. Thomas was maybe two of our more poor performances of the year. Uh, the Norling girl uh, had a career day against us, had 30-something points. We didn't really have an answer for her that day. Uh, so I know that, you know, that matchup will be something. I know our, our team is – is excited about redeeming themselves against them as well. Thanks, Coach. <clears throat> Ryan, a, a question I, I have for you is you grew up in a, an extremely athletic family. Your siblings played college ball. Your uncle obviously played high-level football. What's, how does that kind of impact the way you see the game and the way you kind of grew up around the game when, when you have such high-level high athletes in your family? I guess you can say I just have a natural feel. Um, I've always been around sports, like you said, so I'm no stranger to being on the court or even being outside throwing the football. Um, if anything, it just brings out my competitive nature, and I um, really try to thrive on that every day. I guess I'll ask my question for you, Ryan. Um, one question I had for you was, and apologize, I joined a little bit late, so if you've already talked no about this, my bad, but um, how do you adjust to maybe the pace that different teams play at in the summit? Like there's obviously teams that maybe play at a little bit of a slower pace or take more time off the clock versus USD who shows up and just tries to push everyone to their limit in the first 10 minutes. How do you kind of adjust to that? And what have you noticed about, I guess, your pace um, at NDSU and how you guys like to play? Sure. I mean, I would say it just comes from experience. I struggled with, you know, learning the pace of the game my freshman year, just like probably every freshman does. Um, and just being put in a position to learn how to adjust to those situations. Like you said, USD plays at a really fast pace and maybe someone else in our league doesn't play quite as fast, but 
um, just listening to the coaching staff and understanding the game plan, watching film and doing all of the little things, you know, that builds up to the game and just hoping to go out there and execute our best work. Ryan, for you again, um, talk to us a little bit about the, the, the task force that you're in, the Summit League Diversity and Inclusion Task Force. What's like your role in it? And, and just kind of walk through, for those that might not be familiar, that the, the league has this task force. Sure. So I guess in simple terms, the task force is um, here to create awareness. Um, we talk about diversity and inclusion, as you can hear in the title. Um, just talking about, you know, current social issues throughout not necessarily the summer league, but throughout the United States and creating awareness within our own little league. Um, as a student athlete, it's my job, you know, to have someone that looks like me. So for all the other student athletes in the summer league, they can see, oh, there's a player on the task force. You know, that's impactful. And um, it's not always about seeing people who are super mature or so much older than you, but sometimes you can connect to an audience. You know, the younger audience um, is basically my job, whether that's college age kids, high schoolers, elementary school kids. So just being a voice for the younger generation. That's really cool. Coach, for you, um, talk to me a little bit about Katie Hildebrandt and her role on your team this year. Yeah, so, you know, we recruited Katie. We're, we're really excited about her coming out of, of McFarland, Wisconsin. You know, the one thing with Katie was it's a very, very small town. Um, you know, she's a 6'2", almost 6'3", kind of a stretch five type player. She plays a lot of four for us and some five for us. Um, you know, she came in this summer and looked great, um, was really maybe even more skilled than we were able to, um, you know, to see on film. She's one of those recruits where you, you, you couldn't go and see her play because of COVID and, and, and those opportunities uh, to really get out and see her in person a bunch. Um, so you're relying on film. Uh, we knew what kind of person she was and, and you know, she's been all of that and more. Uh, this particular year, I think, you, you know, she, it took her a while to get, you know, up to speed and, and is still probably working through that a little bit. We'd made the decision we were going to move Ryan to the three and start Hildy at the four way before Christmas. I think before our, our Jamestown game and the day before she rolls her ankle really badly um, and was out about four and a half weeks um, to five weeks and, and really set us back a little bit in kind of the roster and the, and the plan that we wanted to roll with uh, personnel wise. Um, but she, since she's been back here the last two or three weeks, she has really just stretched our lineup um, and been able to have another player step in the game that can really knock down shots um, and stretch the defense. And then obviously with her size, she just adds a little different element defensively in and around the basket for us. Um, she's also a really good passer and ball handler for somebody her size as well. So while it's been a little bit up and down for her, maybe consistently just because of her availability uh, with the injury. I mean, she's somebody we're very, very excited about and what, how she's gonna finish and what she's gonna do in her career here. Well, I'm glad to hear that she's healthy. I actually didn't know she was injured. I don't know if I had missed that, but it was about halfway through the season. I heard her name and I was like, hold up, who's this? <laughs> this is a new person, but she's yeah, definitely- she did it, uh, it was maybe mid-December. Uh, December 15th, and then we were without her until late January. Um, and, and she's really made, like I said, she's really allowed us to, to stretch our lineup out a little bit far and maybe uh, just shore up some roles for some people, uh, you know, throughout our lineup, which I think helped us get a little more consistent. Absolutely. 
we go into Summit Roulette. Anybody, Scott, Madison, any more serious questions? I'm, I'm out of serious questions. All right, lead it off. Okay, well, I'm actually going to steal your question that you've been asking people. Um, so coach and, and Ryan, but mostly coach, if you could schedule any team, doesn't have to be, you know, outside the league, anyone in D1, who would you want to play? Oh, man. Just for sheer enjoyment of getting to compete against them. That uh, or, yeah. You know, we got to go play Arizona this year. That honestly, after the run they made last year, uh, was really exciting. Uh, their environment that they have out there uh, was phenomenal for women's basketball. Uh, the crowd that they had was big and into it. Um, so if you would ask me before we played them this year, that might have been one. Um, but I would say even, I don't know, going to play at Notre Dame or maybe at Stanford would be really cool. All right, I have one more. I want to know where Ryan. Oh yeah, go ahead, Ryan. I would say between. Well, this is really hard. I think it would be cool to play against South Carolina and Tennessee. I would like to play. They both come up to Fargo. Yeah, those that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Come up to Fargo. I mean, yeah. I think I would want to go experience their gym. So, I would go there. <laughs> okay, and then my last one for. Oh, sorry, Scott. Go oh, ahead. Go ahead. No. I was just going to ask that my last one for both of you is what is your favorite and least favorite summit league gym to play in? And we can be honest. We don't have to tell any lies. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, you can go first. My least favorite is Western Illinois. Um, and JD already knows that. <laughs> uh, is it the big inflatable dog? Uh, yeah, I think there is one. They might run out of one there. And, and mostly that's for just having to try to get to Macomb, Illinois to go play is, is really hard. Um, probably favorite gym to play in. That's not your own, obviously. Yeah. I'm sure you do. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like USD's gym. I like South Dakota's gym. Um, that would probably be it for me. Ryan? Um, I would have to agree with Western's my least favorite. Um, but my favorite, honestly, is SDSU. I don't know why, but I like that kind of pit feeling. Um, and it just has a, an old-fashioned feel to it, but I'm under the impression that they're getting a new facility. So, but, yeah. Before I pass it off to Scott, Coach, I just I have to apologize I was the Rabbit Den president last year. I may have screamed a lot of things at you that I didn't really mean. <laughs> so I've been apologizing. You were what? Say that again. I was the Rabbit Den president. So I was always, and we, we purposely sat in the student section that was next to oh, the visitor's gotcha. bench. That's okay. So if you, if you heard any, get off my court. <laughs> Coach, stop yelling. <laughs> I'm all that. for it. I, I apologize. <laughs> I'm all for it. Hey, part of, that's part of it. Brian, you're from Kansas City. So is that kind of, I don't want to say extra motivation when they rejoin the league, but is that kind of kind of surprised you didn't say that was your favorite gym since that is kind of your hometown or not. Nah, I shouldn't say you're Kansas city, Kansas, so not your hometown, but it's still kind of your home away from home gym. Yeah. I mean, I guess I didn't even really think about it that way. I didn't spend a lot of time in UMKC's gym growing up. It was there and I always knew it was there, but 
just not a gym that I was super familiar with. It is going to be a cool environment to get to play there though next week, but I don't know. I never thought of it that way. When you guys go on the road, is there any place that whether whatever town you're in is a must stop, whether it's something to eat, something to do where, okay, hey, we're going here. We got to go here. We got to get something to eat here. Is there something that really kind of, it's kind of a must do when you guys are on the road? I don't know, right? We haven't had like a regular stop, have we? No, I wouldn't say that. So, but going to Kansas City, um, we have a, a buddy of mine is a chef. And we went to his restaurant last year. And we're going to go to his restaurant. Uh, he's at a different place now um, this weekend. So there's there's places probably I like to go, but I like to mix it up. I'm a big foodie guy, so I love this question. But um, the other night in Denver, where did we eat? We ate at Elway's, Elway's Steakhouse, which is that was one of the best meals I've had in a long time. Um, so that was fun, but I don't, I don't know that we have a regular high V in, in Western <laughs> Illinois. That's the, you guys get that high chai, that high you, V Chinese food? You need to come over then when you're in town. I already told Colhane that I throw a steak on the grill for him tonight when, when they get into towns. So, <laughs> yeah, he, he, I'm sure he would take you up on that. It's going to be 30 degrees here. So I, I've got the path cleared and shoveled off to the grill. There you go. All right, I got one, um, just one for Ryan. Ryan, have you ever crossed up anyone at practice, or have you ever been crossed up at practice? If I'm thinking this hard about it, I don't believe so. <laughs> See, Uju said the same thing, and then Coach Woods was about to lose it, and she was like, don't you lie to us now. <laughs> No, I genuinely don't think so. I mean, one of our practice players, Isaac, has a decent crossover, but um, I don't think I've ever been broken off in practice, and I also don't think that I have broken anyone's ankles either. Uh, and Coach, in your coaching career, have you ever ended a practice on whether it was like a play that ran perfectly and like the player hit a three and ended it or someone broke someone's ankles or you were just like, we're done for today. We can't, I can't let this go on anymore. Have you ever done that before? I have not. I just, I haven't. Um, we need somebody to make a play like that though, to maybe, maybe give me a chance, but no. Tweet at us, Ryan, when you break someone's ankles now in practice, can you guys tweet the video and tag us in it? We want to see this. We'll, we'll know if it happens. Let's make it happen today, right? We'll set you up. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. <laughs> All right, Scott, Madison, you guys got anything else? I'm good. Thank you guys for joining us. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Hey, we appreciate you guys doing this and uh, following and supporting uh, the women's teams in this league and, and just getting info out there and just being a presence for us. So I think what you guys are doing is awesome. Yeah, thank you. Try our best, right? Um, all right, so that is Coach Jory Collins and Junior Ryan Cobbins of North Dakota State. Uh, the Bison finish the regular season with three of the last five up in Fargo this week, and they've got Western Illinois and St. Thomas, and then they hit their last road trip of the regular season at Oral Roberts in Kansas City before finishing up against UND.
All right, women's basketball fans, we had a great chat with Ryan Cobbins and Coach Dory Collins from NDSU, but now we're going to make a classic little segue, and we are going to start getting into some Summit League tournament talk. It is only a month away, like Jordan mentioned a few minutes ago, so it's coming up quite quick, so we're going to start talking about that a little bit this episode and over the next few episodes, and hopefully we'll have our last episode before the tournament dedicated to just the tournament. So it's coming up. We know you want to hear about it, and I'm pretty sure we all want to talk about it. We're going to kick that off tonight with someone you may know, not a coach, not a player, not a Summit League employee. Sponsored by no one. Sponsored by no one, yes. <laughs> this is a man who you've probably heard on ESPN Radio Sioux Falls. Jordan once beat in a game of Are You Smarter Than Jerry P? Famous for what's in Jerry's mouth, and now your project director of the Sioux Falls Sports Authority and the head honcho of the Summit League Women's Basketball Tournament. Drum roll, please. Jerry P! We are now joined by Jerry Pileschi of the Sioux Falls Sports Authority Project Director. Um, as Madison said, he had a previous life of radio, so you may know him as Jerry P from ESPN Radio. Famous games is what's in Jerry P's mouth. I guess I can brag I beat him once in Are You Smarter Than Jerry P? So we welcome Jerry Pileschi. Thanks for being on with us. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, my life, my life's a lot easier since those days of having to do any of that stuff. <laughs> you don't have to put any eateries and have people guess what's in your mouth anymore. Yeah, yeah, life's a lot easier. <laughs> um, well, Jerry, just kind of want to start off uh, getting to know you a little bit for the listeners of this episode. You know, what what do you do over at the Sioux Falls Sports Authority? Oh, I'm the project director here at the Sports Authority. It's my job to put on all the different events that uh, come through our office. So. Uh, right now, we are getting set for the Summit League tournament uh, that is coming up here in just a matter of a few weeks. And then we'll kind of turn our attention a little bit to what will be the marathon coming up in August. So we'll we'll get things going for the marathon and start turning our attention a little bit more that way. So what do you do um, right now, Jerry, as we're you know three, four weeks out from the tournament? What are you guys prepping right now? I know that's a broad question, but you know what, what are you guys doing right now to get ready for that in a few weeks? A lot of what is in my hands right now is just volunteers and working with volunteers. Uh, we have 76 different volunteers that are signed up to help with the tournament. And that ranges from any anybody that's from just doing ushering all the way to working in the media room, working at running stats in the media timeouts, uh, the hospitality rooms. Any of those people that you see at the tournament uh, are volunteers and they're spending their time coming out and use, using their time to help put on this tournament. And they've been doing so for, for many, many years. And one of the coolest parts about stepping into this role is kind of seeing it now from behind the scenes and seeing what everything goes into putting this event on. And, you know, it's four, it's four days of craziness when it comes to actually like having the fans in there, which is awesome. And I know the Summit League and, and us here at the Sports Authority, we're very excited to get the fans back in the stands for this year and get back kind of to normal at the premier center, but it is so there's so much that goes behind the scenes to make sure that this happens. And a lot of people have dedicated a lot of volunteer time in order to make that happen. So when you're cruising around the premier center, when you're, when you're seeing the games that are taking place, if you see the nice people in the summit league shirts, 
they are there uh, spending their free time volunteering to help put that tournament on. So give them a smile, give them a thank you. Uh, they, they certainly have dedicated a lot and I've gotten to know quite a few of them now over the last couple of months. And some of these guys have been doing it since the very first one at the arena. I, uh, just to go off that, as the tournament expands to the full 10 teams next year, do you, all right, well, first of all, are you ready for five days of craziness? And do you anticipate <laughs> in needing more volunteers or what kind of work is it going to take to set up for that extra day? Yeah, it, it, there's going to be quite a bit more in terms of volunteers that we're going to need on a typical session. We're looking at anywhere between probably 20 to 30 different volunteers that are needed. So when you add an extra day on top of that, two extra sessions, it's a gigantic puzzle because what happens is, is that Jerry might come in and say, well, I can only work the weekend sessions. That's awesome. We'll take it. But Jordan might come in and say, Hey, I can only work women, the women's sessions. So then you, you kind of slot everybody in, you try to puzzle everything together. And what you find is like, Sometimes you might have a spot that, that is a little bit short. Sometimes you might have a spot where you have 20 people that want to be an usher for a session and you have nine spots. So it, it just becomes this, this puzzle game and adding an extra day to it is just going to add an extra layer. But I'm excited for it. I, I think all of us are very excited for it because who doesn't want more basketball? I know with us, we want more basketball and the Summit League does as well. So adding that extra day, it's only going to be fun. It's only going to be more fun. Kind of going off of that more basketball uh, theme, Jerry, you know, it's not just the Summit League tournament that the, the Sports Authority does such a good job running in, in Sioux Falls. So many big events you guys host and, and bringing to town. What's the next big thing on your to-do list that you guys want to bring to town and, and get in, in Sioux Falls? You know, we're always looking. We're always looking at different events that might, that might pop up. Uh, you never know sometimes what might be out there. And you know, sometimes it's logistics too. Um, there, there could be events that pop up where you're like, okay, well, this sounds like it'd be awesome to bring to Sioux Falls. And you start looking into it and you might run into a situation where, hey, the Premier Center might be booked and that might be the only venue option or, you know, the Pentagon might be busy too. So it's just, it, going back to that puzzle, it's always a matter about finding the perfect piece. You know, for us, we, we always love the NCAA events and, and the next bid cycle for that will be coming up in the next couple of years. So we'll, we'll get to working on that here probably, probably soon, to be honest with you, uh, whenever those go live. And we're always looking at what, what else can we bring here? So whether it's NCAA events, whether it might just be like a maybe a one-off event for a year that we give it a shot and then we try and see if we can build something off of that. You know, it's, I would tell you that nothing is, nothing is really off limits when it comes to the sports authority here in Sioux Falls. Like we're always, we're always looking for the next thing. The Summit League has kind of developed that reputation as one of, if not the top mid-major tournament in, in NCAA basketball on the men's and women's side because of the atmosphere. You look at the events you guys have hosted the last couple of years at the Pentagon, bringing teams from all around the country to play, and that's been really well received in town. How much is just the reputation of being such a great sports city that Sioux Falls has been really kind of helping your guys' ability to sell the city, to sell the idea of bringing teams to South Dakota? I would, I would tell you that probably the hardest part at times is just getting them into the city. Once you get them into the city and you see that, that this city just embraces and loves, whether it's basketball, whether it's uh, Division I hockey with the regional that we'll, we'll bring to town here in a couple of years, the city just complete, completely lives and breathes off of the sports in which are, are brought here. Because let's just be honest, we, we don't really have it. 
And when you have that opportunity, you can, you can choose. And I guess the, the easiest way to put it is this way. You could put an event in New York City. You could put it at Madison Square Garden. But the second that you get a block away from Madison Square Garden, it could be forgotten about. When you bring it to a town like Sioux Falls, the city is just going to embrace it, love it, and it kind of becomes the center. So when, you, when, the Summit League, when the Summit League came to town, it was only growing, got the premier center, it only grew so much more, and now it's going to grow even more here into the future. It's, it's something that the community will look forward to every single year and that the community doesn't ever turn their backs again. So when you take a look at whether it was the NCAA Women's Regional from a few years ago, and you had teams like Ohio State come to town, and you know other communities might might have looked at that and said, well, we didn't get exactly what we wanted team-wise in Sioux Falls. We went out and we said, absolutely. And people bought tickets, people went to the Premier Center, and they watched and absolutely loved it. And the hockey regional that uh, Sioux Falls that we hosted here a couple of years ago was one of the highest attended hockey regionals, and that didn't even have North Dakota with it. And, and that's just, that's a shout out to this community and how great this community is and how we embrace all the different sports that, that come through. So uh, it's the big show in town. And that's what it boils down to is that people look at it and, and they say, this is it. And this is what we want to be at. Well, I would agree with you there, Jerry, like even uh, when the Pentagon hosts those classics with, um, you know, like the state SDSU men and the UST women, like when you're bringing in great D1 teams, and I, I mean, when I went to the girls one, it was 90% capacity and it was a fantastic atmosphere. So when you bring in not just the summer league, but other, these teams from across the country, and obviously word travels with these coaches and um, when offers are extended for teams to come, you know, it's got a high reputation. Don Staley is maybe the, the prime focus of this. And everybody kind of knows the story on that is when her team was sent to Sioux Falls as as the top scene of the women's regional, she sent the tweet out that's like, this is how we got, this is how we get paid is, you know, for our great seasons having to go to Sioux Falls. And what we do, we, we came out, they came out here, rolled out the red carpet, and they were treated just beyond anything that they ever could have expected. And now what do you see? South Carolina coming to town with a great relationship that has been built. They'll play at the Pentagon. It's been two straight years for them, and they love coming up here. So, it's just a matter of getting people through the door, seeing what this city has to offer. And we always end up knocking it out of the park. And, and that's us as a community. That's not, that's not me saying just as like the Sioux Falls Sports Authority. That's the community that embraces all of this and rolls out the red carpet for everybody. There's certainly more than uh, corn and cows to be offered, as I am telling people in South Carolina now, which is where I currently live. <laughs> we have that conversation a lot. What's up there? And I'm like, well, there's more than corn and cows. You just got to go see so I, I kind of want to devil's advocate just a little bit, not a lot, but just a little. Um, and talking about the Summit League tournament, it is absolutely the premier event, like you said, and people definitely do go. Um, but how do we, and I'm not sure if this is a more of your job or, or the Summit League's job, um, but how do we fill the stands for those games that don't involve a Dakota school, especially maybe those earlier games, like the Saturday, Sunday games? How do we fill the stands for those games? Well, I think you would see that at pretty much any tournament around. It's just a matter of getting those marquee players to be highlighted even more. And I think the Summit League does a fantastic job of doing that. And for the most part, I think if you look attendance-wise across the board, that each session does really well. And I think a lot of people do show up and a lot of people do go watch. Now, is there that tie to a South Dakota State, a South Dakota, North Dakota State, North Dakota, 
Absolutely. And I think that you, you can't deny that either, but I would argue the other way. I, I honestly think when you see other teams, like what St. Thomas is going to maybe experience, they should bring, you know, quite a few people down for a tournament and Oral Roberts and what they were doing, not only last year, but that should propel people even this year to say, Hey, these guys not only went to the NCAA tournament, they made a deep run. Most of the roster is back. I think people are going to stick around for that. I, this is a basketball type type of community and people want to see those players and those marquee players. And I think that will be proven this year, especially coming off a year in which we didn't have the, the fan capacity last year. I Absolutely. think people are going to be starved for it. And some of those sessions where you might think that, I, I honestly don't think attendance is going to be a problem at all. I think people are going to show up for every game that's going to be played there because people are just ready for it. Absolutely. I'm glad to hear that. And I think, and all of us here know this and those that listen, uh, that are listening to the podcast know this, but like, even if it's a Sunday afternoon for the girls game, yeah, like it's still March, right? Like you have no idea what's going to happen. Like you don't know if a player on Sunday afternoon in the first girls game is going to drop 40 and 15. You don't know if there's going to be a buzzer beater and then in overtime, like we've seen it in past years. We've seen, obviously seen upsets. It's like, go to these things, girls and the guys go watch these teams. Even if you don't support them. So like the Dakota school fan, go watch Oral Robert men. Cause like you said, they were in 16 last year. Like, I, I don't know. That's, that's just me being a fan, but I can't encourage it enough to just buy a ticket and go watch an afternoon session or a night session for a team that you might not support. Uh, I think the other, the other side of that, that, Jordan. What's is, that? I think the other side of that is just from a fan perspective is things, things on the bracket are always nicely lined up too, to where you're potentially, you're going to see the other team that you're potentially going to play if you win in advance. And you want to see what, what they're all about if you haven't seen them play yet throughout the year. The, the weekend is usually very strong. Sometimes, you know, the, the, Monday, the Monday can be tough just because of the fact it's a work day. But there's a lot of people that take work off and they, and they bookend this to say, I'm having a long weekend to do this. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm very strongly, uh, I very strongly believe that this entire tournament no matter who is playing, you're going to see a, a great crowd on hand. Mm -hmm. We can't wait. <laughs> we can't wait to get back. I may be wrong about this, but I feel like I remember hearing something a couple of years ago about the Summit League being one of the like highest mid-major conference like attendance. We have like the most attendance out of any mid-major conference or, or close to it. Oh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, that's something I feel like I remember. Yeah, the, the women's tournament. Has the women's, okay. Been a very, very strong attendance and ranks nationally among the top of any conference. I think a couple of years ago that uh, maybe it was three or four years ago now, but they were higher than the ACC, weren't they? Or it was one of the power five conference tournaments that they out attended. That yeah, honestly it was one of them. That doesn't surprise me if it was the ACC, just being down here and going to ACC women's games. It's not, and I, I don't say this to like be snarky. It's not, as well supported. It's coming from SDSU. I called my dad the first women's game I went to. I said, dad, there's not 500 people here at a big ACC school. And it just, it makes me sad. So I am glad that we have that kind of support in the Summit League. Well, and, and that's a lot of that too, is that people around South Dakota and in this region in the Summit League support women's basketball. And the amount of talent that goes through the Summit League across the board is just phenomenal. 
And you see a lot, you know, taking from a, a South Dakota point of view, you're seeing a lot of these kids go from high school and going to play at whether it's South Dakota State. Uh, you had, um, you had uh, Ellie Breck go to Omaha for a couple of years there too. And she was a Lincoln grad. You had Anna Breck who went to Wisconsin uh, with, with the other league, but yeah, and then she ended up transferring over to USF. So you see these stories of D1 kids just year after year. And now you, USD has like a Morgan Hansen on the roster, Kaya Watson on the roster, South Dakota State. It's like every time you turn around, there's another D1 kid from, from South Dakota. And that just the homegrown kind of side of that, I think, has really not only helped with, with attendance, of course, at the Summer League tournament, but just to get the league out there and people are very excited about women's basketball around this region. And when you take a look at all of the schools in the summit league and on the, on the women's side, like there's good reason for everybody to attend. And a lot of the time it's like the most exciting basketball that, that you get to see. And they do a fantastic job. This, this league is so good when it comes to women's basketball. Uh, Jerry, before we get into some uh, fun questions, we call summit roulette. Um, you mentioned volunteers. You got the 76, I believe you said. Uh, you want to put a plug in? Do you need some more? Is it too late to sign up? No, not too late to sign up. Uh, if anybody wants to uh, to sign up, you can just drop me an email, uh, jpaleschi, P-A-L-L-E-S-C-H-I, at SiouxFalls.com. I have a couple of loose spots left for uh, like media volunteer hospitality uh, and some of that stuff. I, I can definitely go over that with anybody that wants to volunteer. It's a great way to not only get involved with the community, but to be a part of the tournament and help us put it on. Uh, spots are kind of limited though. So I, I will throw that out there, but I don't want to discourage anybody. If anybody wants to volunteer, it is such a, it's a fun way to get involved with one of the biggest events that comes through the state. Sounds good to me. All right, guys, I'll start. How's that sound? <laughs> uh, okay, Jerry. Uh, I don't mean to do this, but going back to your previous life, when you guys had the radio show out at the Premier Center, what was your favorite interview you ever did during the Summit League tournament? Um, first one that pops to mind is the first one we had with, with Mindy K. Larson. And Mindy K. came over and she just kind of opened up about everything that she did for the tournament. And it was kind of an eye-opening experience of just you know, what, what does Mindy K do? And then it turned into like this laundry list of, well, let me tell you. And she went through everything from the graphic design to uh, going through with the tickets and coordinating with the teams and all this other stuff. And uh, that one, that one immediately pops to mind, but some of the other ones uh, that I can remember, Clay Matvik would, he works for ESPN. He would specifically request year after year to be sent to Sioux Falls to do the tournament. And that, that was always one of the coolest things is he would come in and he would um, he'd do the tournament every single year and he didn't want anybody else to touch the tournament. Uh, and you never knew who he was going to be paired with. So it became even more fun where every year we would just go, hey, Clay, who are you working with this year? And he'd, he'd kind of have to like look around and go, okay, well, I got this person for the women's game, this person for the men's game. And it's, we get into the whole intricacies of what's it, what's it like working with two different people on the same day doing a broadcast. Um, so he's always been just fantastic to talk with. And for him, I, I think that goes back to what we talked about before. Uh, he's, that's a guy that has a, some Sioux Falls roots, not like a whole lot, but he has a little bit. And for, 
for him to turn around to his employer and say, like, I don't care where you send me for other tournaments, put me at the summer league tournament. I think that speaks highly. Is there something new at the arena this year for fans to look forward to? Cause I know in the past, you guys seem to keep adding things to really not just the event, but then things surrounding the event as well. Is there anything new that people can look forward to this year? I think for the most part, the way that you remembered the tournament is going to be kind of the way that it's, it's going to seem. It's not going to, it's not going to feel any different in regards to like how we were pre COVID versus now. But one of the things I will point out that I don't know, it, it's out there. It's not like it's, it's not out there, but the game times have been shifted just a little bit. So the women's games will now begin at 1230 instead of noon. And the second women's game will begin at three instead of the two thirty. So those got pushed back a half hour. Uh, the men's times are still the same. So uh, that's, that's not anything that you wouldn't be able to find. The bracket is posted online and everything too. So that is one thing to kind of keep an eye on is that they, they didn't push game times back for the women by a half hour this year. Was there a, like a, a big reason behind that, or does it just work better to kind of close that gap a little bit or uh, just from what I was told it, it works a little bit better, uh, for the teams. And it was just a, it was something the summer league and the teams kind of just agreed on that it would, it would slot better and things would kind of motion a little bit better to have a 1230 and a three o'clock start in the, in the women's sessions. As someone who has covered that four or five Sunday women's game, when it seems like that's always the day that we set our clocks forward, I appreciate the extra half hour of sleep since I'm losing it out, since I always lose that hour of sleep for that Sunday four or five game. I, funny enough, I think we looked at that, and I think this year it's the weekend after. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we, we were looking at that, too, because when we got notified that they were that they were pushing the times back by a half hour, we were like, hey, if the clocks change that weekend, uh, that helps. <laughs> but no, I, I think it's the following weekend this year. But uh, in future years, uh, it might get a nice little benefit from that at some point. I feel like this is such a cliche question, but what are you most looking forward to about the tournament this year? Besides the day after it, when you can relax a little bit. <laughs> uh, a lot of it is for me, since this is my first year in this position with the Sioux Falls Sports Authority, I'm, I'm really looking forward to just kind of the chaotic nature of seeing everything from behind the scenes. You know, in, in my former life, uh, doing what I did, it was pretty easy. I'd show up, do a radio show, go watch the games. You know, and, and you'd see all these people, whether it be like Brian Miller, Mindy K. Larson from the Summit League, Thomas Lee with the Sports Authority, all running around like crazy. I, I'm, I'm ready to see everything from, from kind of behind the scenes of how uh, we can put this together and, and maybe looking into the future, of, you know, different ways that we can maybe improve it even more for the fans. Well, one month from today, Jerry, we'll move on from the Summit League tournament and start focusing on the half marathon and, and uh, Sioux Falls Marathon. So. Really appreciate you stopping by, I guess, stopping by. He's on Zoom. Like They don't need to know that. Um, Jerry Pileschi, uh, Project Director at the Sioux Falls Sports Authority. Thanks again for joining. If we don't chat with you beforehand, best of luck on uh, what's going to be a very successful tournament. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to seeing you guys out at the tournament. And uh, I'll get one more, one more plug in because I need to. Uh, SiouxFallsMarathon.com registration is open. For our full marathon, half marathon, 10K, and Miracle 5K, you can get registered today. Some of the lowest prices that you're going to find, uh, you can get right now to get registered in. So put it on your calendar. 
takes place in August. We'd love to have you. More details, SiouxFallsMarathon.com, and we'll see you guys at the Summit League Tournament. I'm just, I'm going to start my couch to 5K tomorrow. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, guys. All right, what a great sit down with Jerry P from Sioux Falls Sports Authority. Again, the project director at the Sports Authority. What a great opportunity to get a different perspective from someone who's not necessarily on the court or in the locker room, but has kind of a different role, but a very vital role in bringing us all something that we tend to enjoy maybe a little too much every year. So speaking of the tournament, we had a fan question last week that we did not get to, but we are going to get to it now. And that question, boys and gents on the podcast with me, is what team would you not want to face in the first round and why? We're going to do this like PTI style or around the horn, whatever. I, I, they're both kind of the same thing. I'm not going to time you, but let's shoot them off. Fire away. I'll go with Kansas City, five in a row, um, and they close out the season. Um, they've got three – no, excuse me, four straight home games with Oral Roberts, St. Thomas, North Dakota, and North Dakota State. Honestly, all four of those are winnable games. You're looking at a nine-game winning streak going to the uh, 6.05 road trip on that last weekend, and at that point, who knows how that's going to go. So no matter how that weekend goes, though, against SDSU and USD, they're going to be winning a lot of games, and I wouldn't want to wouldn't want to face them in the tournament. Scotty H, you're up next. You know, I really like the way Oral Roberts played. No, I knew you were going to do that. No. Okay, go ahead. All right, I'll pick a different one. I like the way they can defend. I like that they can play inside, outside. They've got very good guard play. They have tremendous post play. They can put the ball on the ground and get to the basket. They can shoot the three. They can get to the free throw line. They're a very well-rounded team. And obviously, Misty is Misty's Misty's my homegirl. I love Misty. She's my favorite. Misty is my homegirl. I'm just stealing everything from you this week. I'm taking I'm so mad. I'm, I'm proclaiming. Misty Cussin, the official homegirl of the Summit League podcast. What? That's the title we can give someone. She's the official homegirl of the podcast. Do you guys know how much, when we were like deciding who we were going to have on the podcast first, I was like, guys, let me reach out to Misty. I love her. Like, you know. She's oh, bad. my God. I'm so Okay. I, mm. well, okay. I'm going to give two answers. Obviously, I have Tromaha, so I don't want, I would not want to face Omaha as an SDSU person. Um, since you took Oral Roberts and Jordan, who did you say? You said Kansas City. Yeah. Honestly, pretty much everyone else on this list, I don't want to face in the first round anyway. Um, I'm going to go with North Dakota State. Because I know we talked a little bit about the lack of consistency, but again, that's everywhere in the three through 10 pretty much, or at least the three through eight or nine, sometimes some weeks, the three through 10. Um, I think Katie Hildebrand is a little bit of a dark horse. There's some weeks where I, I think she's a freshman, isn't she? 
I think so. I don't know. Sorry if you're not Katie, but there's some weeks where I'm like, I think I'm going to put her in the freshman of the week. And then she maybe just doesn't perform or doesn't get the minutes or whatever it is. But I think she's a little bit of a dark horse that can definitely scare some people in the paint. And I think NDSU itself is just like we said, when, when they're on, they're on. So if they can figure out how to be consistent and um, continuously play up the level that we know they, they can, that's somebody that I'd be scared to see. I might end up with trauma from Omaha and NDSU. So and we'll you know, see. If, we have, if we have one more person, UND would definitely be chosen as well. I mean, that's see, and that's what I was between was those, those yeah. two. Those are, they're all dangerous teams. And, you know, just looking at the standings really quick, like one through four right now, those semifinal matchups would be fantastic. USD, UND, and then SDSU in Kansas city. So yeah. Play out yet though. Absolutely. All right. We are low on time as per usual when we share all of our opinions, which is mostly my fault. So we are going to preview. I almost said like recap. And then I almost said pre-cap. I don't know. It's late. Um, we are going to preview the uh, games coming up. So let's see where we're at. I don't even have the right. Oh, I do have the right dates going on. All right. Because today's February 8th, right? All right. On Thursday um, at 7 p.m. And these are the correct times because I'm looking on the Summit League website. I know I... I screwed up earlier because I was like, oh, I live on the East Coast now. I've got it figured out. So uh, NDSU will host Western at seven. USD will host Omaha at seven. SDSU will host Denver at seven. UND will host St. Thomas at seven. Those are the Thursday games. Slated on Saturday, NDSU will host St. Thomas at one. UND will host Western at one. USD will host Denver at one. SDSU will host Omaha at two. And KC will host Oral Roberts at two. We have about a minute left, guys. Any quick, what, what's the game that you're looking out for really quick? For me, I'm looking at Western at North Dakota State. That's a big game for that pivotal six spot right now. NDSU is the six, Western is the seven. NDSU has two wins in hand. They've got a win over Western. Western's still got to play both South Dakota schools. So if they want to leapfrog NDSU for that six spot, it's not a must win, but this is one they really will need if they really want to get out of that seven, eight, nine, ten hole. Jordan? Yeah, and I, I know I talked about a, talked about them a little bit earlier, and we had the coach on, but I think it's a big weekend for North Dakota State. Uh, we can get a good sense of who they are, and it'd be a couple of good wins um, at home for them. So I, I'm looking at North Dakota State this week. I am looking at St. Thomas and UND. I think it will help UND to be at home, but I think St. Thomas is probably a team that we don't talk about enough. Um, and I'm going to apologize for that right now. We will start talking about you more, but I think they're a team that can sneak up on UND a little bit in that free spot. Um, so if UND wants to hold strong, they're going to have to do just that. They're going to have to hold strong, um, be consistent, stay consistent, stay aggressive, all that good stuff. So all right, the clock has wound down on us for this week's episode of Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast. We are going to bid you farewell for the evening. Make sure that you stay tuned in. Check us out next week for updated power rankings, updated players of the week. Send us any information you have or anything that you want to hear us discuss. As we said, we're getting closer to tournament time and we're so excited about that. So stay updated with us. Keep us posted on anything that you would like us to talk about and we will chat at you next week.